You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I'm joined by Pastor Matt and Pastor David. How's it going? Wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. That's great. Good deal. Um, Shauna is missing today. Hi, Shauna. We miss you. Staff meeting was definitely not the same. <laughs> and yeah. Matt's agreeing? It yeah? wasn't the same, okay, was okay. it? Okay, Yeah, sure. we did miss her. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to be talking about um, the last two weeks of our um, sermon series through uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, two Sundays ago, we talked about the law, and then this past Sunday, we talked about anger. Um, but before we dive into that, um, how are you guys doing today? Well, thanks for asking. Yeah, I, I, David, you didn't get to join uh, us last time, so, yeah. you know. No, I, I listened from where we were we were at. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was nice to... Uh, be the outsider Re- looking in hearing in because we so, talked about you a little you bit did. you did, <laughs> did we- i kind of got sucked into listening to it also because the heading that you put made it sound like you were sad i wasn't there so I was like, we oh, were let's, sad let's listen to that and i really didn't hear much of that i just heard <laughs> you guys talking about how odd you are we're um, always sad when you're not around so yeah 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 um just like we're sad now that sean is not around yep, yep. sad it's true. But yeah, so I'm I'm well. How are you, Malia? I am good. Good. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah, I'm excellent. This is a this is my type of t- type of day, type of year, a little little it's cloudy, a little, little little gloomy. It's cool, you know, nice mm-hmm. chill in there. So these are the great days. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the text. We are looking at um Matthew 5. 17 through 26, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I think Jesus is dealing with um, those that are that are accusing him of, of trying to change the law. And, and part of him is saying, you know, on two fronts. No, I didn't come to change the law. I came to reestablish what's always been true, what, what the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law through their traditions have led you away from, mm-hmm. and also to explain to you how I am the fulfillment of the law. It was mm-hmm. always pointing to me. Like, if you had understood it clearly, you would always have understood it was pointing to mm-hmm. me. And I, I feel like that's the conversation. Go back on, to Luke 24. Um, uh, the the disciples on the road to Emmaus after Jesus's death and resurrection, and they're telling Jesus how sad they are, and they're like, "What are you living under a rock? You haven't heard." And they they explain what had happened, um, and they don't know who Jesus is, and he starts to unpack for them how everything that happened through the law and the prophets and all of the writings of the Old Testament that all of them always were pointing to that moment, to that reality, to that truth. And it was so convincing to them that what did they say? Like, didn't our hearts burn within us? Like there was just something in there that resonated so deeply and firmly. Uh, And I feel like that's the point Jesus was making to them. And it's the point he's making on the Sermon on the Mount. It was always about me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Why do you think it's important um, 
that he says those things because I mean considering his audience at the time um, like who would have been there listening to his sermon well why do you think it's important he makes that connection I guess I mean I think for a lot of reasons I think you know and mostly it was because of the um, scriptural illiteracy of the people he was talking to, right? They they knew snippets of the scriptures, but they didn't know the scriptures. They knew the cherry-picked parts that they'd been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with those cherry-picked parts was the traditions that the Pharisees had established. Um, I think I actually have made this point both weeks so far in these last couple is is that what what happened to the gospel is that it became so encrusted with tradition and other things that what Jesus was doing was starting to um, by making this statement like hey no 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 I didn't come to abolish the law I came to fulfill the law like it, he's starting to chip away at all of those other things that had kind of become attached to the gospel getting it back to its pure form so people could really see. Uh, what scripture was about and how it pointed to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that was, it, it's necessary for him to do because I don't think people knew, right? They didn't know what the scripture said, not by itself. They knew the commentary on what the scripture says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a way, Jesus was bringing kind of a reformation um, to the, the community of Israel so that they could get back to the scriptures. And then when they got back to the scriptures, they could understand what he came to accomplish as the fulfillment of Mm -hmm. the law. Mm -hmm. So Matt, um, verse 19, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Um, So what behavior is, is being forbidden in 519? Um, and is Jesus claiming that his followers must keep all of the Old Testament laws? Yeah, so so that's a great question. And I think you and I talk, like like most people don't know how sermon prep goes around here, mm-hmm. but I think I marched into your office one day and said, <laughs> hey, answer this question yeah. for me. Like, you know, like, that's one of my favorite things, I think. I yeah. like processing through that stuff. Um, and so I, I think I think ultimately what, what Jesus is saying is that the Old Covenant by and large, right, it is is fulfilled in him. So yeah. on the on the simplest, um, if we're gonna pare away everything, the simplest thing that we understand here is that Jesus is saying, You follow my commands mm-hmm. because the law is fulfilled in me. So follow me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't dismiss me and you can't dismiss this. Also, then as we get into to the rest of the the gospels and the rest of the things Jesus says, we start to see how that plays out. Um, and, and when he talks about, no, it's the heart, it's not the behavior, it's not tradition, it's not all of that. Mm-hmm. But, but I think um, there are five points, and these will actually come up Sunday. There are five things that we need to understand about the law. And I think this is part of what Jesus is trying to communicate. And, and, and he doesn't make these points specifically, but they're, they become clear as we work our way through the Beatitudes. Um, you know, and, and one is that the, the, the spirit of the law is more important than the letter of the law, right? The idea um, the idea that we could mechanically keep the law and therefore be right with God mm-hmm. was never the point, mm-hmm. right? The point was that it was the law was to drive my desire and my need for God. So the spirit of the law, which drives me to him, 
is is the goal. And and the law is positive as well as negative, right? Like we get all of these, well, you can't do this and you have to do this. And it's like, but the law also was supposed to bring me to this place of like righteous behavior, um, not just guard me from doing wrong things. And so I think Jesus is saying like, like look, it's not just about not having an affair. Mm-hmm. It's not just about not murdering somebody, but it's about having a pure heart um, that's necessary because that's what drives you back to God. And um, the law isn't an end in itself, right? The whole point of the law is so that we could glorify God, not so that we could check it off a list. Um, and um, that it, because it's about the heart, that God alone is the one that's qualified to judge people. So I think, you know, when, when he's saying like, hey, you can't set aside this Right, you've got to follow this to the fullest. Basically, what he's saying is you you've got to you've got to get to the heart. Right, you can't just follow behaviorally and call yourself good. You've got to get down to the heart. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, David. What are your what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, completely agree. Also, as I, you were kind of talking about that, this reminded me of um, I see Jesus also setting himself up as the authoritative. You know, like everything else in the Sermon on the Mount, he's he's this is the intro, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he's 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 basically he's saying yes, and he's setting the authority because you're talking about a group of people that their entire understanding of the law came through mm-hmm. Pharisees and the religious leaders. So now he's he's resetting, kind of as you said, he's reset. You know, it's like a reformation mm-hmm. where he's now establishing himself as the authority, mm-hmm. and and he challenges that. That's you know where my thinking is with you know verse twenty then because then he's calling out the Pharisees exactly he he's saying hey they've been the authority that's been telling you this now I'm gonna tell you something different mm-hmm. your righteousness better yeah, yeah. surpass theirs yeah. because yeah. theirs wasn't good enough yeah. and so I think that that's if you're you're talking about that verse nineteen really the whole point of verse nineteen is summed up in verse twenty mm-hmm. um, you know so if you're like well what is he saying and what is he prohibiting and what kind of thing is he commending you get to this I tell you unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law you will certainly not enter the kingdom mm-hmm. of heaven that's the whole point to that yeah. chunk is to say it it's got to be the heart they ignored the heart mm-hmm. it's got to be the heart mm-hmm. and the reason that Jesus has to reform that right to bring it back to the heart is because there's no way we're going to understand our need for him unless we understand that it's the heart that matters right because the pharisees thought again it was mechanical they could yep. they could do these things check off the list the, the law was an end to itself and jesus saying no 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 the law was to drive you to your need mm-hmm. right so you've got to get that right before you can understand that mm-hmm. i meet your need yep and i think we he, later on in matthew um, in Matthew 23, 27 to 28, um, we get kind of a better picture of, the, of what the nature of the Pharisees' righteousness was, where he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And so if we didn't know, now we know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, the idea of I can look good on the mm-hmm. outside and, mm-hmm. and, and that's, so when it, so, so back to the question, I think we covered this uh, during that sermon, but what law are we forced to follow yeah. and what laws do yeah. we that get to? That was going to be my next, my next question. If you, yeah. um, if you missed that Sunday or even if not, I think it's always good to hear this. Yeah. So, 
um, what is the difference between um, the the which laws we have to listen which to, laws which laws we, we follow, yeah. which we don't? Yeah, break that down for us. Yeah, I, I think I think the 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 basic of the story is one: we are not obligated to the Old Testament law. Mm-hmm. We're just not, unless that is reestablished under the new covenant, right? The Mm -hmm. old covenant is gone. It's passed away. We don't follow the old covenant anymore. Because God is never changing, there are certain things that were true in the old covenant, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be true in the new covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in its simplest way to look at it, the law that we follow, the Old Testament law that we follow today is Mm -hmm. the law that Jesus reiterates Mm -hmm. and reestablishes and then the New Testament authors spend the rest of those letters unpacking what that means for how we live and how we pursue holiness. Right. Um, and also, the Old Testament law isn't bad. No. Um, the law represents the character of God who actually put the law in place. And yeah. so that's why Jesus said he didn't come to abolish it, yeah. but to fulfill it. Well, and, and so if you think about it, but but I mean, you can put your finger on like, well, what are the laws that Jesus reestablishes? Mm-hmm. And it's all the moral law. Right. The moral law is what he reestablishes. And now, and he's even going to expand on that. The moral law of um, love God more than anything else mm-hmm. and love your neighbor like yourself. Right. And then he establishes that. And, and, and that's the moral law of the Old Testament. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't mm-hmm. um, do these things. Like, don't have any other false gods. Love God more than anything else. No idols. Those are things that continue. Um, things that we don't have to continue, not that they were bad, but mm-hmm. that we don't have to continue are um, the ceremonial law, the things that made us religiously, ceremonially mm-hmm. pure. Like, hey, you got a skin disease, right? You better mm-hmm. get out of the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you're menstruating. You don't belong here until you're done. Unclean. <laughs> um, you've got a tattoo. That's terrible. Your fabric is mixed. It's cotton and, you know, polyester. Mm-hmm. That's no good. Like, those were religious laws. Don't eat shrimp. Don't eat, you know, pork. But um, bring this kind of sacrifice. Sprinkle blood here. Mm-hmm. Like, those were ceremonial religious laws that have disappeared, and we no longer have to follow them. Right. Um, so let's look at it from a practical standpoint. David, let's say you have someone who um, isn't a Christian, and this is kind of where they have a little beef. They're like, well, why why do we not follow those? And you Christians are picking and choosing um, what we follow and what we don't follow. Like from an, an evangel evangelical, <laughs> I can't talk, <laughs> from an evangelical standpoint and from... Um, kind of an apologetics, I guess, standpoint so, for mm-hmm. us. Someone's coming to us saying that. What, like, what's what's your hot take? Like, what's your thirty second? Can, can I put a very specific question to it though, rather mm-hmm. than making it so like ethereal? David, you have a tattoo. Mm-hmm. The Old Testament says you can't have a tattoo. Mm-hmm. You say homosexuality is sinful. Mm-hmm. The Old mm-hmm. Testament says homosexuality is sinful. Mm-hmm. Why is your tattoo okay? Oh yeah, but yeah. now homosexuality isn't okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you you answered it in some ways. It's I can go to the New Testament and show why they're you know nowhere in the New Testament does it say that my tattoo is sinful or mm-hmm. evil. Uh, you also got to look at the intention for the law. So my answer for that in a, in a wider sense is why don't I follow the ceremonial law because Jesus fulfilled it. 
mm-hmm. right? I don't need to, mm-hmm. right? All those other things, like the clothing thing, sometimes we might say, well, that's weird. Why, why does that even matter? A lot of those laws were given just to set the people apart. Right. So you could look at them and know those were the people of God, mm-hmm. right? So that's why they were given was to make the Jews so, like, so different than the other nations around them yeah. that they were recognizable, as set apart for God. And, and so, so again, now what is set apart, set me apart for God is the, the rat that's the presence of God. It's the Holy spirit in my life, not these outward mm-hmm. things that I do mm-hmm. or not do, you know, like my clothing that I wear or the way I grow my hair or any of those things. That's not the way that God distinguishes me now. Now I am go back to what you preached on the week before that. Even I am salt and light. That is the thing that, that sets me apart in this world is the very holy presence of God in me and through me. Mm-hmm. So, so again, there's also the, the intention behind that. Um, so, so that's where I, you know, why would, you know, the, again, I, I loved your answer. It's not in the new Testament. Like there are certain things that say, you know, especially like I, I, I know good Christians that still don't eat pork. It's like, I can point to a passage that says I can eat it, yeah. you know, like, Cool. If you and that's where it goes Peter's back to personal. Yeah, this is where it goes back to personal preference, right? If, if if a person comes to me and says, "I feel like I have to follow these laws of the Old Testament," great, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so be it. If that's where your conscience is, that you just you know, if you feel like you just, I'm going to refrain from eating pork and and lobster and great. But you don't put but it stop on short. Yeah, it's not. You can't put that on everybody. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but but again, like like so so again, what we see Jesus teach. And then we see the 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 epistles unpack. Mm-hmm. Those are the things we deal with. Yep. And, and yeah, you don't you don't see. Hey, don't mark your skin mm-hmm. as part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it it just it, it's an easy target for people that don't understand mm-hmm. um, the Bible to say, well, you know, wait a minute, you're just picking and choosing what sins you don't like, sure, uh, what laws you want to follow. And we say no. There's there's a rhyme and a reason. Um, and we have to be well-versed in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yep. All right, so let's move on to um, this past Sunday's text about anger and murder. Um, murder. Is anger a sin, David? No. We are called not to sin in our anger. So, so, there, so there is mm-hmm. anger is an emotion, just like any other emotion that is given to us by God. I didn't create it. Um, there, there are genuine moments where anger is appropriate, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there could be things that happen in the world that cause me anger. I, I watch TV and hear about, you know, hundreds of people killed in Ukraine over, you know, civilian. Yeah. That's going to anger me. Mm -hmm. Um, what we're called to is not to sin in -hmm. our anger. So where do, where does that line happen? When does anger that's not sinful turn into well, sinful anger. I'll give you an example that kind of, and I appreciate that the pastor Matt brought it up in the sermon where, you know, kind of talking about the, the way we refer to people that we're angry at, like we de- degrade them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you, let's, let's talk about politics. That's the first thing that went through my head when you, where you were saying that on Sunday, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here. I know a lot of people that have very strong opinions towards politics mm-hmm. and that's fine. You can be extremely angry about things that are happening. But when we start making it personal to degrade the individuals we don't agree with, mm-hmm. we've allowed our anger over policy and belief system into 
degrading the person as an individual and a creation. So if you, if you don't like a certain party or a certain person and the things that they do, you can be angry at the, their actions all you want, their policies all you want. You can speak against that all you want. But when we start degrading the individual, right, like making it like that stupid idiot, you know, and then make it out to be this very demeaning attitude, our anger has then moved into sinfulness because we're, we're rejecting the, the creation that that person is. Um, and this is something I talk to uh, quite often with people about politics because uh, I challenge Christians and I'll say it, I'll say it now and, and I hope it, it, it causes stepped on your toes if this thing, if you have, go back to politics, if you have people that you can't stand what they do in politics and you are so angry at them you can't even pray for them, you've let your anger become sinful. Because we have people like, you know, oh, I ain't pray, you know, you st- mm-hmm. pray for our leaders, pray mm-hmm. for salvation for them, pray for wisdom for them, pray for the blessing of God upon them. If you can't do that, yeah. your anger has become sinful. You've crossed the line that you can't. I tell still... you, praying for people that you don't want to pray for, mm-hmm. that your heart is hardened against, is the best uh, remedy for that too. Mm-hmm. Like it just softens your heart in a way that. Yeah. I don't know that nothing else can because it moves you from I want to see something bad happen Mm -hmm. to you like that's Mm -hmm. my anger is so strong against you Mm -hmm. that if I get to the place that I I I rejoice in something bad happening to you I rejoice in your suffering then yeah you're you're you've moved into that hatred Um, I would even add I think it's possible to pray for someone to be stopped oh yeah without praying Mm -hmm. evil or thinking Mm -hmm. evil for them like like so Mm -hmm. so let's say um, even now in the world, right? Like if we just look at the world stage, I think we all as Christians would be praying that Vladimir Putin would, would be yep. um, mm-hmm. stopped and that God would deal with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have to do that in a way that that is, is owning mm-hmm. um, like anger and hatred towards him as mm-hmm. much as we're hating the scenario and we're saying, God, deal with it. Whatever it is, deal with it. Stop yeah. him. Uh, that's... But like you say, when it gets to be personally attacking people mm-hmm. um, because I disagree with them or I don't like them or because their policies, even if their policies are wicked, mm-hmm. I don't personally attack mm-hmm. them. Um, boy, that's a, it's just a hard place to be. Very much um, so. Sometimes. Because it's right. We can have righteous anger. Jesus has righteous mm-hmm. anger, right? God is righteously angry over sin and the enemy of our souls. And um, Jesus tosses the money changers out of the temple on several occasions in his righteous anger. And there are things we ought to be more righteously angry about. Sure. Like think about things like human trafficking um, and abortion mm-hmm. and um, uh, fatherlessness mm-hmm. and children in foster uh situations with nobody to love and care for them and and needing adoptions. Like these are things that we ought to be angry Mm -hmm. about and that anger ought to move us to action. That was going to be my next question. What do we do with that anger? Well, I think that anger should move us to respond. (laughs) It's, it's not righteous anger if it doesn't move to be responsive. I think here's, here's the key, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I think, Oh, my anger is righteous. Sure. Okay. Then what are you doing about it? Right. Right. Because righteous anger means there is a clear wrong that needs to be addressed. How am I addressing it? How Mm -hmm. am I solving or being a solution or um, alleviating suffering? And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. But most of us like to think our anger is righteous when it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, there is righteous anger, but most of us play that card when we have no business playing that card. 
Right. So kind of to, to pull back a little bit on, on this passage, but we've kind of entered that the section of the sermon where um, Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, but I say, or but mm-hmm. I tell you. And so, um, and I, I don't remember how many times he uses that, but quite a few times. So why does he use these statements over and over? I think he's he's pointing out you, there's six reframes that you're going to read through the rest of chapter five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, taking oaths. You've heard what it was said about adultery. You've heard what was said about divorce. You've heard what was said about um, loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. He says, but I'm telling you that if you're getting to the heart of the issue, it's more and different and bigger than you thought it was. Um, and so I, I think... It, it's again the way that he is reclaiming the purity of the scriptures. He's like, you heard that, that it was said that you mm-hmm. wouldn't murder, and and he's not. That's not wrong, right? It right. was. Mm-hmm. It's in the Bible. Don't murder. Mm-hmm. It's like, but we got to reclaim what that means. So I think that's the point. He's saying you heard what what God said, but you missed what God intended for you to get because your teachers mm-hmm. have started teaching and leading you in a yeah. different way. Well, and just. Getting to the line, towing that line, like what's the farthest I can go yeah. without sinning? Yeah. yeah. This is, I, I said this on, I, I think I've said this several weeks in a row, and probably it'll come up just about every Sunday if we wanted it to um, in this series on the Sermon on the Mount. This is why we ourselves have to know the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We have to be comfortable with it. We have to have access to it. Even if we don't know it frontwards and backwards, we have to know it well enough that that we know the spirit of it mm-hmm. and that we know how to go to it and interact with it and find mm-hmm. truth because you can't always trust somebody else. Every you, time, guys. Sorry. Every time. You can't always trust now somebody else. Now the regular phone needs to ring. Um, to, to get to it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. You might get lucky, and you might be sitting under really good teaching. Mm-hmm. You might, which also, we are, guys. You might also get bad. Yeah, but who knows that? <laughs> like, even in my best of intentions, right. I, I'm gonna say things that are wrong. And if you latch sure, on you to something I say that's yeah. wrong, like, mm-hmm. um, and we just, yeah, we just can't trust other people yeah. to do it for We're us. All we have to be comfortable. Scripture differently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I would imagine that almost everybody that sits in a church or chooses a podcast to listen to mm-hmm. or an internet sermon or whatever it is, that everybody thinks that they're choosing somebody that gets it right. Yet here's yeah. the newsflash. Like most of those people don't agree. Mm-hmm. So everybody can't be right. How do mm-hmm. I know? Well, I know because I know the spirit of God's word and I know how to go to it and I know how to evaluate and I know how to search because it's mm-hmm. useful and corrective and, and everything I need. You just have to know it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like you said earlier, when you were preparing for this Sunday sermon, you were like, everyone I was listening to agreed with me. And so I needed to kind of go move outside the box a little bit and listen to some people that don't agree. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. I think and that's it, really good. It, you just, especially because mm-hmm. in a lot of these things, what we're talking about are gray areas, mm-hmm. right? Like, 
Um, but there are some things and it's okay for us to have disagreements in gray areas. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, we can't have disagreements about the purity of the gospel like that. We have to chip away everything. We have to clean it off so that Mm -hmm. it can be seen for as precious as it really is. And I think that's the point Jesus is making. This isn't debatable stuff that he's Mm -hmm. trying to correct thinking on. This is the purity of the heart of God that he's trying to Mm -hmm. get back to. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've heard it was said, you don't do this. That's true. But the spirit of that was that your heart needed to be tuned towards God, yeah. not that not that you just couldn't shoot people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you I think you touched on this on Sunday, if I remember correctly. But um, last question: How does unreconciled anger affect our ability to worship God? So why why is it important that we figure this out? I think. So partly because if we don't figure it out, we're guilty of murder. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're guilty of that same spirit of sin. So so on one hand, we figure it out because we're sinful when we don't. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not just, okay, you're like, yeah, but I'm forgiven, mm-hmm. right? Sure you are. Yes, Jesus forgave your sin. So when you hate, it's not like Jesus pulls your forgiveness away from you. <laughs> You're still forgiven, but there's a difference between the reality of salvation, Mm -hmm. the reality of my relationship with God, that he lavishes such love on me and he calls me his child, and the experience of that closeness with Mm -hmm. God. And so my salvation isn't being yanked away from me when I harbor anger and hatred towards somebody, unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. but my experiencing God on a deep level, my ability to worship him in this intimate way, all of that is certainly fractured mm-hmm. until I confess. And when I confess, the word tells me he's faithful to forgive and he draws me in close again, right? But but you might, I mean, again, like I can't be clear enough. Like, like it's not like, oh, well, I'm, I'm angry at somebody, so now I'm not a Christian anymore. No, no, you are. <laughs> Man, if that were the case, we would all be in a lot <laughs> right. of trouble. <laughs> you, you're, you're still a Christian. You're still forgiven, but you're not experiencing the closeness of God. Right. And isn't, I mean, shouldn't we all we desire that? that? Yeah. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we mm-hmm. love to experience the closeness? There's so much joy mm-hmm. that comes from feeling close to and being close to God mm-hmm. that, that we should crave that and we should desire that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's joy in pursuing him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where the, the part rub of our is. worship, I feel like, is how we interact and live with other people, right? And sure. so, gosh, that really mucks things up if we're holding on to things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think we're designed to do mm-hmm. this corporately, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we're part of a body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all have our different roles to play in the body. Yeah. If, if, if I hate the body, then I'm hating myself. Yeah. And that's a terrible place to be. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. David, did you have some thoughts on that at all? I do, but my thoughts are uh, they're kind of all over, um, <laughs> which is great. It's a great discussion, and I'm just kind of processing. But when I mm-hmm. when I look at this, and and not direct answer to that question, but the whole point of everything Jesus is laying out here is it's reminding us, not even reminding, it's it's clarifying the fact that. If all it was is I didn't have to murder, I can do that. But man, not doing this other stuff, I can't do that mm-hmm. when I'm left to myself. Mm-hmm. Right? This isn't, he's reminding us this. It's like, listen, you couldn't even fulfill the law when it was just the simple stuff. Like, I'm going to take it up to the next level 
and really show you. So as I'm looking at this, it all reminds me back of, you know, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, right? He's, he's, he's going even deeper to show that, um, you can't do this on your own, right? Mm -hmm. It's impossible. And then as I'm sitting here and you guys are talking, I'm reading this. It's like, that takes me back to where he says your righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees. Think about the Pharisees. Their righteousness was based on what we do. We do. And he's saying, no, I'm going to show you all the ways that you can't focus on what you do. You got to focus on what I've done, mm -hmm. right? Like it's about what I've done. Christ, I'm, I'm the one that, so as I'm thinking about that, and I even think about the worship stuff. It's, it's, you know, whenever I fall into this anger or hatred towards people, it's just that example of I'm making it about me. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I do that, then my worship is going to be not invalid, but it's not going to be where it needs to be because it's about me. Sure. It's the same way when I come to worship and I make worship about me. You know, it's like, you know, think about all the I statements we use when it comes to worship, right? It's not the way I like it or it's not the song I like. I mean, I don't know what you're talking it's about, not but the, sure. Yeah, it's not, the, <laughs> it's not the tempo I want, you know? Well, that's going to lessen my worship too. Absolutely. So whenever I fall into an idea that my Christianity is based on me, mm -hmm. then that's going to lessen because I made it about me. And I th that's what I was thinking about as you guys were talking is this is Jesus... You can't make I you know I can't read this and walk away and go I'm gonna choose to stop hating people. Mm -hmm. No, I can't. No. Only the power of Christ yes. in me yes. gets me to the place where I don't hate people. Yeah. So so I think that's where a lot of people that's fall good. into that. Well, I'm gonna do this. Like no, you can't. That's the point. You can't do it on your own. That's why we need only Jesus, Jesus mm -hmm. can do it in you. Your job is not to try harder. It's to submit. And let him do the work in you. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of what was going through my head was, yeah. you know, um, just looking at all that. That's good. So where are we going the next couple weeks here? Uh, we're going to keep going through these heart reframes. See, there it is. There's the call. Um, it is. We're going <laughs> to keep going through these heart reframes. We'll talk adultery and divorce and taking oaths and getting revenge. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to kind of work through these things. All right. Good deal. Thanks for listening.